on everybody. Everybody. That guy is Clay Boris. Yes, it is. And uh, Clay, Clay Boris has brought us a, a, a great deal of uh, television, but he has also brought us a, a film called Quiet Cool, which I know is a little a little nut hole of a, a of a fan film. And um, Alligator Shoes. He also uh, brought us Prom Night Four: Deliver Us from yeah. Evil, yeah. which why, I why watched you, today. <laughs> why don't you join? Listen, TJ is so excited about this, Clay. So I, here he is. Okay, right. TJ, go ahead and fan out, goddammit. Okay, so I watched your film today. I'm a huge fan of the Prom Night series, and I was going in expecting it going, it like, it's going to go with the storyline, right? And then you're like, nope, I'm going to create my own killer, and this is going to be nuts. Absolutely nuts. And I loved every second of it. The score was awesome. The killer was absolutely insane. The moment I saw him whipping himself in that dungeon, I was like, yeah. What is going on? And then you turned a religious item into the coolest weapon I've ever seen. And he throws it with such grace and such power. I still have that. And you had the balls to crucifix two people on screen. And And it's awesome. Hey, I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic. So those were tough scenes for me, like going against a church. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was weird. You know, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a practicing, you know, Catholic, but yeah. I, I knew all those symbols, and that's why I added to them. You know? It definitely added to the whole lore and the feel of the movie. It, it, yeah. You did terrific. It was it's such a fun ride, and it, I hope that eventually it gets a proper treatment, and we get a nice 2K scan of the original footage, and then we get a nice Blu-ray set, and everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was nice. like I remember in the original script. Uh, the, the, the person that saved the day was at one of the boys. And I said, why don't we make it the girl? I'm sick of seeing guys win all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, but she's wearing a dress and everything. I said, so what? The house blows up. She goes flying. And she was perfect. So we changed it completely. You know, they made it her, the hero, instead, which I was happy with. Uh, What's well, with you and stepping on glass? Stepping on glass? It, uh, she steps on glass on, like, two different occasions in the film. Oh, uh, maybe I saw Die Hard or something. Ah, okay. Isn't it fit the situation that yes. she stepped on glass and she couldn't say anything, right? Yes. That's the worst nightmare. Like you're you're cut, you're bleeding, but you can't say a word because the crazy maniac is in the same room as you. you know? Yes. Uh, so oh, I, I, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. But, <laughs> Isn't it isn't it great when you have somebody tell you something about a film that you did and you go what what do you mean I <laughs> what what do you what glass what the hell are you talking about uh, yeah sometimes you know you can't remember all the stuff well i well you know the funny thing is it, it's like uh it's when people tell you things about your process that you didn't know because you were so busy doing your process right yeah I, I had a I had a guy uh, an art director one time when I was on Hercules in New Zealand, and he's my art director and and he's talking about uh, all the elements that are in uh, the all these different people's styles, right? And I said, and I was just curious, and I said, well, well, what's in my style? And, she, he, and he goes, oh, yours is really specific. It's this here, and he sits down and he sh- does this little scribble like that on a piece of paper right he says that's yours right there and i was like uh uh <laughs> i swear to god i couldn't do shit for a week <laughs> i was just like 
what, what the fuck? What the hell is that all about? I mean, yeah. I kept thinking about that. What, what he, and, and you know what? Is this many years later thinking back? Oh, the old fucker was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a great job on Quiet Cool. That's for sure. Oh, I, Quiet Cool was fun. <laughs> yeah. We we did so much. We did so many crazy ass things on Quiet oh. Cool. Does Clay know about the dummy? The dummy. Oh, background story. Papa. Yes. Did what? you ever hear about the dummy? Well, I saw the dummy. The right. Put in the building that was that was uh, playing Chris Mulkey. Right, right. And then we blew the building up, right? Yeah. And then, the, yeah, I got scenes of, on video of Chris Mulkey slapping the shit out of that, that dummy before. The dummy, right. Yeah. Mick's going to come clean to you. Well, <laughs> this is. This is this is a weird story. So that night, that night that we we blew the house up, right? And uh, uh, or we blew that up. And at the end of the night, uh, the dummy was just sitting out in the middle of the uh, of the thing out there. And uh, so somebody threw it into the back of my little truck. I would I had that little fifty four Chevy pickup that I bought when I got there for like four hundred bucks, right? And so they threw that dummy into the back of my little truck. Now, every night, the transpo guys would come in later than we were there, and they would come in, and they there wouldn't be any place in the parking lot to park in the motel parking lot. And so they park, they would park right behind us, figuring that they went out first, but a lot of times they didn't. Well, anyway, so that night, I have the dummy in the back of my truck and they put it in a bunch of the special effects stuff in the back of my truck. And, and I went back to the motel in the moat and I pulled up, I, I pulled up and I infirmed my room and I was just exhausted and I went to bed. So in the morning I had to get up early and I get up and the bastard driver who had the fuel truck right behind me. Right. And I was like, oh, God damn it. They did it again. And so I go out to my truck and there's the dummy in my in the back of my truck. And there's a bunch of the effects stuff there. There's like a gallon of, of the movie blood. Right. And so I just took the <laughs> took the dummy out and threw it across the top of his white truck. Right. And then took a bunch of the and then took the blood and then just poured it all over the dummy put the cap back on, put the rest of the blood back in my truck. And this is dark. I mean, this is, this is like, you know, five o'clock in the morning. And, and I jimmied my way out and finally got out on the road to head back up, you know, to, uh, this is, uh, in, uh, Santa Cruz. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I then drove back up into the Hills to our location. We get a call on the, on the set up there about two o'clock and saying that, uh, saying that I had to come into the office. Ah, uh, so oh shit! So I had to drive back down into town, and I get in the office, and uh, I can't. Ellen Alsobrook, who was the uh, uh, PM, and I, I sit down. I go, yeah, yeah. What do you need? And he goes, listen, um, one of my uh, drivers is uh, in jail, and I wanted to know if you knew anything about this. I go, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. He says, well, he says, I guess early this morning, 
and the hotel that we were staying in was right on the corner of the main street yeah. coming in off the freeway. Yeah. Early in the morning, um, when the light finally came up, <laughs> this <laughs> there were reports into the police station of uh, of uh, a body uh, laying on top of a truck <laughs> that that had been hit with blood rolling off of it yeah. and stuff, and, and and so they came down and the cops figured out what what was doing, but they were pissed off. <laughs> they figured out who the driver was, and they just arrested him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for causing for causing a you, you never heard this story. So no, I did that people were talking about. It, I remember. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So. yeah. yeah hey, can we? Uh, but thanks for bringing back up. Yeah, that's hey, a long uh, time ago. Clay, do you have any good stories uh, about working on uh, Wrong Turn? Wrong Turn. Yes, sir. Fuck. Um. What's his, um, yeah, yeah, director, I ended up doing a second unit because I love doing action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy had seen Quiet Cool. He was a Quiet Cool fanatic, and he said, you got to do the second unit for me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I ended up meeting, uh, who's that famous guy that made all the famous puppets there? He was one of the producers. You know, director was Rob Schmidt. Um, yeah, yeah, but the the guy who was the – Co-producer is a famous. He did the Terminator and all this stuff. Uh, he's a famous guy. Botine? No, no, he's really famous. So I can't think. I can't think of his name. Um, anyway, Stan Winston. I remember about him is that he? he oh, Stan he, Winston's a producer. Yeah, yeah, Stan Winston. That's right. So he comes to me on set and he goes, he looks at me. And this was about what fifteen years ago. So he goes like, uh, so is the guy got a quiet cool, huh? I said, yeah. He said, what the fuck are you doing here doing second unit? I said, because uh, uh, the director asked me, and I, I like doing second unit. He goes, you sure it's not because your your career is like over or something? And I, I, I didn't know if he was kidding or not. Yeah. And, uh, listen, I'm, um, I don't know the fuck you're talking about, but uh, I work all the time, and I'm here doing this because I like doing action, and I just work a lot of my buddies and, you know, stuff like that. So I never liked the guy because of that. It was really <laughs> well. That'll do it. <laughs> You're a little old to be doing second unit, aren't you? A little old. A little old. A guy can create a great creature, but kind of a douche. <laughs> That's the only story I have on that. I don't care how nice your dinosaurs look. You're still a douchebag. Yeah, you're still a douchebag. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well. I got to say on quite cool, man, we, we, we had some fun. We got to pull that log through that house, through the, uh, uh, through the cabin. I came from Disney. Yeah. That no, I know I ordered it. Oh, you <laughs> that was, yeah. That was me. I, I ordered the, uh, they kept saying, no, we're going to bring a real log. And I, and I'm up there and going, do you have any idea what a real log weighs? I mean, do you have, they said, well, that shouldn't be a problem. And I go, well, it is actually going to be kind of a problem because <laughs> we're never going to get that thing moved with a little tiny car like that. That just ain't going to happen. Yeah, I was so proud of that Disney log. Like I, I told people for years, that story. <laughs> I, worked, I worked with Walt Disney. Oh, that's funny. So I, yeah, yeah. I used one of their logs. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had built, no. we, we built this, this cabin. Yeah. Out was, of balsa wood, right? Well, no, this, we built a cabin 
the cabin out of balsa wood was mm-hmm. next to the one that the ends of it were open and then we yes. put fake ends on it but the whole thing stood by itself okay which was which was kind of a trick to tell you the truth because we wanted it because we were kind of like clay, clay had a really specific set of storyboards mm. set up yeah. and and there were camera shots that wanted to see all the way down with with everything cleared out because it and we had talked about being a little bit I don't want to say cartoonish, but a little bit um, anime style uh, or or kind of um, cowboy style, you know, like like you wanted to see the log go away from you down and you wanted to be able to see it completely cleared as it crashes out the other end. Yeah. Right. Mm. You didn't want to see the you didn't want to see the how the building break in half or or just fall over like that because that's kind of a comical beat on the end of it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So we, we had long discussions about that and that it had to like stand, which turned out to be quite a little engineering feat. <laughs> well, it went but, perfectly. You know, I started seeing the, as a matter of fact, last weekend I watched the making of, which I had a, a girl there filming the whole making of quiet cool. Right. So there's a whole thing of that night. I was talking about it, showing it, shooting it you know uh, the whole thing it's amazing there's so i I remembered all the work that we went through to get that done it was amazing oh it was was amazing and and also the way the lighting was rigged up there was so cool uh they they had a moon light yeah i remember yeah, yeah and they had rigged it between three enormous trees so that Using a, a triangular triangulation of ropes that you could literally put the light anywhere you wanted in this enormous area. Yeah, yeah. And it it, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. But my favorite though was burning the house down <laughs> because there <it> was <laughs> talk about things that just kind of went a little bit differently than you thought they were. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a big fire. It it was a fast fire, is what it was. We were yeah. we were supposed to uh, catch this. You know, everybody throws, and I just, I still remember to this day the shot of looking down the row of uh, of bad guys, right? Yeah. And yeah. and one guy steps out and and takes this ember and throws it up onto the roof. Yeah. Now, yeah. that was the shot that was the setup for having the effects guy throw throw uh the amber up onto the roof and and it had uh rubber cement on it and the idea was that we were going to light the fire and then put it out in a couple of minutes and then do some other shots and then put it out and then put it out and we had all these cameras running (laughs) and it was uh kind of uniquely built to burn (laughs) and i swear to god they went up. At, oh, I, and I remember that there was a uh, there was a, an ordinance that said that we couldn't burn anything for more than five minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they go. The effects guys, every all the cameras are rolling. The effects guys throw this torch up into the room and that up onto the roof, and it just went. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, it was great. It turned out really good. You know, that, that was my first Hollywood movie, right? Yeah. For me, working with all these, you know, like I, I wrote, I co-wrote the script. I came up with the idea for the film. Right, and right. I wanted to do an action film because I knew that was the only way I, I would get a Hollywood movie. Right, right. <laughs> background, you know, my films were totally different. And uh, so uh, when I put in all those action scenes and all that stuff, I mean, you know, I'm just going, there's no way, no way we're going to be able to shoot this. Why am I writing this? <laughs> then I found out all you know the Hollywood magic, right? That's we do that. That's what we do for a living. <laughs> but it was it was great experiencing it. You know, it's like uh, wow, here I am doing it. I remember when we blew up that cabin. I was there, and I never had it. I never had an explosion in any of my films before, like ever. Right. And I remember this thing going. Right over my face, and I'm like, "What the? I <laughs> <laughs> must have put so much of that stuff, whatever it's called, that, that prime cord. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, is the whole building, the whole building was was made at balsa wood. Yeah, but the building just disappeared. Just disappeared. <laughs> just back. My camera that was filming the videotape. The videotape blacks out for a couple of seconds. Yeah, and it's gone. Right. Oh yeah, just, did it well, come back on? The, the cameras were hilarious <laughs> because the cameras literally caught this flash, yeah. and they and then they caught they caught like the basically the roof landing back down again. <laughs> Went boom, uh, yeah. boom. <laughs> uh, it was pretty amazing because it really works well in the film. You know, like you believe these two guys took on. A whole fucking motorcycle club. I mean, yeah. it, it's like, wow. That's why we have to come up with ideas that, uh, you know, two guys could get rid of everybody. How do you? Yeah. yeah. What do you do? No, it was, uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Is this the only time you work with Jacques? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Mary, I'll tell you a quick story. It's kind of interesting. Again, I'm doing my first Hollywood movie and the first day on set, we're about to shoot. You know, I'm pretty nervous, you know, what the fuck? So James Remar walks up to me. He says, Clay, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. And, you know, it's five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. He comes over and he says, looks at me and he goes, I can't do it. I said, do what? He says, I can't play a bad guy. I said, what do you mean you can't play? I mean, a good guy. He says, I can't play a good guy. <laughs> what do you mean you can't play a good guy? He says, well, I, I'm only play bad guys. I mean, fuck, I, I, I don't know how to fucking play a good guy. So I'm sitting there going, okay, Clay, there's any fucking God of any kind of us ever come up with something. So I thought for a second, I said, look at Jamie, it's like this, okay? So when you read the script, when you got bad guy dialogue and you read it, you're a bad guy, right? He goes, yeah. I said, well, when you got good guy dialogue, you read the good guy dialogue, you're the good guy. He looks at me, goes, okay, that makes sense. Let's get to work. <laughs> Scary man, get out of me. <laughs> yeah, do it. Fuck, I'm gonna replace it with the, you know. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's my. I love that story. I never forgot it. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I, I love that you had you had one of my favorite guys that uh, that I've worked with many times, Chris Mulkey, on that show. Yeah, well, we were very good friends, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, he actually got me. I rented a house right next door to him. We actually shared a fence. <laughs> we had daughters the same age, you know, so we hung out all the time. And, uh, 
And I had met him on the beach because I lived in Venice Beach. Right. I was walking and I was playing with my kids on the beach and he walked by with his kids. And I said, you look familiar. And he said, where are you from? I said, Canada. He said, my daughter was born in Canada. <laughs> you were in the, uh, what's it called? Um, you know, and he says, you know, yeah, I was in Vancouver, you know, doing the film with Stallone. Okay. So we're talking about, you know, what's his name? Uh, not Rocky, the other one. What's, what's his biggest character? Oh, oh, uh, Rambo. Rambo. Right. Well, I recognized him from Rambo. Oh, and he's okay. Like, I fucking recognize you from that. That's because you're a prick and you, you fucking look like one. <laughs> That's why if I did a film, I'd fucking put you as a bad guy in two seconds. Right. You would. <laughs> anyway, we became friends. We gave each other's phone numbers. And then uh, when I got the film together, called them right away. And I said, I got a part for you. And all you got to do is dye your hair red. That's why he's got red hair, right? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So no, I've 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 always loved working with Chris. He, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great musician too, huh? Like he plays. Yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see. Where was I going to go here? So yeah. So uh, we all had a lot of a lot of fun with that. Uh. I got to put my brain back together. You got another question up there, yep. TJ? Yes, I do. Uh, so uh, you did a lot of TV after that. Highlander, Forever Night, uh, Adventures of Sinbad. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I uh, ended up in TV, not because I wanted to, but because uh, I had to earn a living, you know, feed my kids and everything. And the funny thing is I made my one Hollywood movie, and then after that, I've been in the business for over 50 years, right? Yeah. After that, I never worked in the States again. I only worked in Toronto and <laughs> South Africa and uh, Israel. And I worked all over the world, except never worked in the States again. <laughs> and so what happened was after I did Quiet Cool, I was hired. They, they, they hired me. I couldn't turn it down. They hired me to do a Western called The Gunfighters Yes, with George Kennedy. And it was the George movie. Kennedy. Yeah, it, it was a TV movie of the week. 87. Shot in Alberta in 87. That's right. And, you know, and like quiet, cool to me, like I, I was making a modern Western. You were making a Western. Yeah. You said that all the time. All the time. Because in me, my, I wanted to make a Western so bad. Right. When they called me, you know, to do the Western, I'm like, fuck, are you kidding? So I, <laughs> right away. And then from that, I got offered TV because they, they really liked it. And then I thought, okay, I'll do a couple of TV jobs. And then next thing you know, and I ended up doing more movies, you know, with Richard Grieco and all kinds of stuff. Right. I was all out in Vancouver, but never in the States again. Weird. Now, now, what was uh, Kennedy like to work with? I, I've actually uh, hung out with him before. Uh, he's, he's an old cowboy guy. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's great. Uh I really loved them. Like when we finished a film and it was all over, we had a screening over at the writer's house in, in LA somewhere. Uh, all right. The writer was uh, Jim Burns, the guy who used to write Gunsmoke and everything. Oh, yeah. And he was fucking amazing. And so we, we actually watched the premiere, you know, with George Kennedy at his house. And oh. George loved it. 
and uh, he plays the lead bad guy in it. Yeah, great. Ah, oh, cool. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick story. He uh, when he came to uh, to to you know the wardrobe to put on his costume. Right. He said, "I got these boots here." He said, uh, "These cowboy boots." He said, "Do you mind if I wear these? I wear them. You know, they're very special to me." And I, I look at him. I said, "Yeah." He says, "You know, like I wore these, and uh, I worked with John Ford. I wore these." I said, "What? Yeah, he had these Western boots. All the Westerns he's been in." So I got down <laughs> and I kissed each foot. He <laughs> he looked at me. He goes, "Holy fuck! You do love Westerns." Said, yes. <laughs> And uh, after that, he kept like he kept on calling me uh, sir all the time. Oh, <laughs> he's like six foot seven. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, and I'm like five seven. Okay, standing next to this guy, it's like a fucking you know <laughs> fucking nightmare. And uh, but he was great to work with. Like you know, I I have a friend on here, uh, AJ Fryer, uh, and he wanted to know uh, what you thought of spaghetti westerns. I love them. The, 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 well, you know, the earlier, you know, the, the, the Clint Eastwood ones. Right. The Clint Eastwood ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those I like. A lot of the other ones are just not watchable. Yeah. It's, it's I'm going to show a picture in this uh, up on screen here and it should okay. spark conversation. Here, let me pull my. Here. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, my a- thing. that's from the cover of a magazine called Cinema Canada. Cinema, Cinema Canada? Cool. Yeah. We had the cover. That's my mother and father and my brother. That's what from that's from uh, Alligator Shoes. No, that's from Rose's house. Oh, okay. Uh, I got. I don't know if you can see. I got this T-shirt here that says Cabbage Town that I'm wearing right now. You see it? Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. I don't know if you can see it, but anyway, I saw it. Yeah, Cabbage Town. So I grew up in an area of Toronto called Cabbage Town, and in those days, it was a it was the slums. In the early 60s and stuff. I grew up there. So anyway, I made this movie about my mother running a rooming house. And it's a docu, it's a drama. It's a docudrama. It won a Silver Hugo in Chicago and everything. But my mother was nominated for Best Actress of the Year for that film. She never acted in her life. Ever. Oh, that's great. And the film came out like it, it was really well received. I did it for the National Film Board. They're the ones who distribute it. You know, well, that's, that's you a, want to see it, you just download the National Film Board app. You go into oh, house. Okay. Yeah. So about 40, 58 minutes long. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah. So you, you, you're, uh, you did a Western. I, I wanted to ask you a question uh, about uh, Sinbad. You did Sinbad, yeah. right? Adventures of Sinbad. I did the pilot. Where, where 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 did you do that? In uh, Cape Town, South Africa. Because I did Hercules and and started that wave of uh, sort of a, a a modern look at classic at, tales at classic ta- at the classic right. Greek classics and stuff. And it's funny. It's is about halfway through our filming down there. I became aware that somebody was doing something like that. And it turned out to be that. Yeah. Again, when they, when I was offered Sinbad, I couldn't believe it. You know, when you're a kid growing up with that, I mean, wow. <laughs> I love doing Sinbad. No, earlier, it was a shock to me that I got to do Sinbad. Like it was just beautiful. I totally yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. I was there for 
five and a half months, and my son had his first birthday in Cape Town. Ah, there you go. I had two daughters that uh, that went to school in New Zealand. That went to oh, yeah. had wow. had these sweet little Aussie accent, uh, sweet little uh, New Zealand accents. Uh, and I think that we were down there for a year and a half shooting, uh, the Hercules stuff. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of fun. It's, it's like I filmed in uh, Israel too, you know, yeah. series called sweating bullets. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And, uh, we shot a lot of it in, um, uh, Elat, you know, which is at the Red Sea. Oh, right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we had a set there and, uh, you know, we were shooting on location we had up our own stop signs and all this shit. Was <laughs> it uh, post office things? You know, what, was it a period piece or or what? The modern uh, guy detective. Oh, okay, cool. Takes place in Kimaraya, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we shot like it's it's. Uh, we actually shot on location uh, for one episode in the right in Jerusalem. In the old oh wow, oh, wow. Was, oh. that must have been way cool. That was like the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. I had to have uh, they had two bodyguards with me all the time because they said people come by and just stab tourists like they're not looking. It, it happens like that. No, really, I had bodyguards all around me everywhere I went. Wow, we're up on rooftop, you know. You're up there filming, and our hero's doing a chase scene. Right, he's being chased by the bad guys. Yeah, we had to have cops behind the bad guys, and cops in front of our hero, because otherwise people thought it was a real chase. Yeah, guys were coming out like you wouldn't believe. People were going like this: old ladies ready to stab anybody. Because we're <laughs> <laughs> up on the rooftop filming all of this. It was it was amazing, right? Got it. In L.A., we had to have we had to protect the uh, populace from the film crews. Yeah, yeah, they're just bastards. Yeah, film ah. film. <laughs> Film people that work, they're just bastards. We're, we're all bastards. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. I used to love, I used to go, I got cinematic immunity. See, that's what we used to call it all the time. You know, cinematic, cinematic immunity is what makes you able to stand like this in yeah. the middle of Third Street, in the middle yeah. at, at 12 o'clock noon, in the middle of like the lunch, lunch. Rushed oh, in in yeah. downtown LA and go well. I don't know. And stand here like this and have four or five people just standing there for the hell of it. Cars going everywhere. Yeah. Right. That's filmmakers' immunity right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're walking around people with guns and everything, and uh, you know, you're in a little circle. And yeah, you are. You just don't even. Hard. You, people are getting shot, <laughs> blow things up. And then when you look once in a while, you see like hundreds of people watching you. But yeah, and you go, "Oh you're, shit!" You're pretty aware of it, huh? Pretty- <laughs> no, that's that's that filmmaker's immunity is a very definite problem, man. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun though. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing like the rush of working on a film. You know, that whole the whole feeling is. Uh, yeah, what was it that um, the old saying that the the worst day filming. It is better uh, the, the worst day filming is better than the best day doing anything else. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> like, have you seen alligator shoes at all? I haven't, and and you know what? It's it's really. I I was going to try and see it today, and the next and, uh, and I just so you know, we had where do, where do I see it? Okay, we had it redone, remastered, right? Right. It looks great. You can see it on YouTube. 
Okay. Irene Clay Boris. And yeah. very good copy there. So you Okay. Can- I, I absolutely <laughs> promise that I will get, not only get to it this week, but I will call you. Okay. And and give you a horrible review. Well, no, I well I uh, you know a horrible <laughs> review. God damn it! Well, I wrote, directed, and I co-star in the film, and I produced it. So it's my movie all the way, you know. Uh, so I'm very proud of it. When I was in the Cannes Film Festival. That was a big so, prize of my life. I I I, I will I will uh, I will deem it worthy. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you like it. Enough, you know, it's a good film. I mean, it, <laughs> it all takes place in Cabbage Town. So, you know. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, so uh, I, I, I got to – we got to go on and, uh, and, and have the rest of our day. I want to thank you for coming. It's been a blast. Yeah. Was, was this as horrible experience as you thought it would be? Was an, Oh, no, no, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's uh, – I've been uh, on podcasts, you know, for Highlander. Right. But not oh. talking, whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, this is. Uh, yeah. This- well, make sure you send me a copy of this. Well, here's the problem. The problem is, is someday we'll have you back. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't mind talking about how great I am for a couple of hours. There we you need go. To bring him, uh, we need to bring him on with Chris Mulkey and have a reunion. Yeah, that's oh, for sure. That would be Chris has actually been on the show. He has. He started the show playing the ukulele and then started talking about uh, Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I saw him was about two or three years ago. He came to town. Oh, that's awesome. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I this is this is I'm going to turn it over to the TJ the man. Okay. There he is. Okay. Well, thank you all, listeners. Rabbit hole viewers for tuning into another episode of the rabbit hole podcast this is one of your hosts tj bowser down there's mick Stron, the guy who designed your nightmares that's clay boris the director he directed everything he's great <laughs> uh thank you for tuning in friendly reminder that this audio only ver- version of this podcast will be available on projectlouder.net and this is part of the project louder podcasting network home to other great podcasts head on over to project.louder.net and search that out well See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll start watching the show. There you you. go. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Clay. See you.